Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Welcome back. Welcome in. Wednesday edition. Three dudes with a view. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. It's uh, it's fall, y'all. We're having quintessential September days in Middle Tennessee. Lows in the fifties at night. Highs in the seventies and eighties. Uh, it's fall, y'all. We're we're not having quite as much rain as we usually have uh, in September, and that's that'll be hard on. Uh, particularly the livestock farmers, I think. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, how you doing? Doing well, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right, and we have a friend of the station uh, with us very often, State Representative Scott Specky. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Scott, you were talking about Pulaski Highway when you came in. What's going on there? Yes, just want to let everybody know, as you've seen, the uh, road construction signs are going up all up and down Pulaski Highway. TDOT will be doing a major uh, paving project that starts from the Giles County line and runs all the way north up to where the, the old skating rink used to be. Um, all the way to town, basically. All the way to town. And so it's going to be a long project. Uh, they're going to go ahead and they're going to grind it all down first, and then they're going to come back and repave it. Um, so it's going to take some time to do this. So um, I would start looking at other alternatives from Pulaski Pike as you move forward here, probably over the next couple, four to five weeks, to make sure that you're able to get, get around where you need to get around. There we go. Folks, that so if you're going back and forth to Pulaski, then be be aware that's going to go on. How, how long will that go on? Uh, they said potentially three to four weeks to get it all. Yeah, get it all done. Plus, uh, there's that section around the Minders Community Center uh, that is a straightaway there uh, by Kokovi Hollow. That's a passing lane right now. Yeah. TDOT has looked at that, and they're going to change that to a no-passing zone because we've had a lot of near misses of people passing, coming down the hill headed north right there by Covey Hollow and people pulling out and, and having some near misses. So uh, TDOT is going to change that to a, du- a, a double yellow line, so therefore you will not be able to pass there anymore. You know, the the road from Columbia to Pulaski, what is that, Highway 31? Yes, Al. Hmm? That has historically been one of the most dangerous stretches of highway that I've ever heard of in Tennessee. Well, it's it's the road that you got to have patience on because there's not a lot of opportunities to pass people moving slowly. And because of where it sits in Murray County, there's a lot of agricultural equipment going up and down the highway. Right. And so people get impatient. They're running late, and they, they want to get around these tractors or these implements. And then you you take the risk of passing on a, on a double yellow, and that's where people get in trouble real quick. So I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows that the, uh, the big paving project on Interstate 65 that started at the Marshall County line and ran north to Bear Creek, TDOT is finishing that one up also. So that's another major major paving project in Murray County. But you know when when TDOT uh, when TDOT calls us and says, "Hey, we're coming to Murray County to do some paving," we're like, "Thank you very much. We'll take it." There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I get. Uh, I get it. Other good news is the um, uh, city of Columbia has put a proposal to uh, TDOT 
about uh, raising some money f- and trying to get the uh, Bear Creek Pike four lane to, to the interstate. Right, I thought that was interesting that the city of Columbia actually applied for the for the grant and in essence offered to take charge. That's know? correct. And yeah. so uh, we've we've made it through the first round of cuts. Uh, as as you go forward, it gets more competitive, and they look at how much investment the local is making. If you go back and look at the um, Buckner Road interchange that Williamson County was able to do, it's because Spring Hill was able to get a $20 million grant from the feds for that, which makes it better for TDOT to do those projects because now they don't have to take $20 million of TDOT money for that project. They can use it on other projects in the area. And so one of the things that TDOT has made it perfectly clear to Senator Hensley and myself is that if we can find local money to prime the system to get it going, then it starts to put you on a priority. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to work vehemently on is Highway 31, which is a very, very complicated issue in, in, in Williamson County and the, south, you know, the northern part of Murray there, trying to get that ex- expanded. The project now from... The Murray County line on Highway 31 running all the way north up to Tollgate, which is just north of 840, okay, is now approaching $250 million because of the cost of everything going up. Right. So, um, so you know. So they actually think they can expand that part of 31? Parts of it. Um, obviously, the the building that has happened on Highway 31 is going to put a lot of restrictions on how wide they can get. Um, you know, they feel that if, if for sure, if they can add that center turn line like we have here on on West Seventh, mm-hmm. it'll alleviate a lot of the congestion issues because traffic will be able to continue to run. They also think that they can do some with synchronizing the traffic lights. So it's kind of like if you get a green light. I don't know, at, at, at the Murray County line, and you can drive the speed limit, you could possibly hit green lights all the way to getting to 840, which we keep traffic moving. Now, there's there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, gentlemen, Synchronis- synchronizing process mm-hmm. that sometimes you get to stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, and that's what backs everything up. But that the minimum they're trying to do is add that center turn lane all the way up there to provide an avenue for people to get out of traffic to be able to make a turn, which would help the flow of traffic. But the ideal is to go two lanes in each direction with a center lane, but that's why the cost keeps escalating as you're looking at probably one of the most expensive pieces of property in southern middle Tennessee, which is that Highway 31 corridor from the Murray County line all the way to 840. I mean, I just don't see how you're going to do that without moving some property, like like physical property, a building or something, because that that is a narrow stretch, especially through the old downtown spring. Well, that's the problem you run into, Clay. That's a great observation you made. You have a lot of historical homes Correct. that sit right there where the old co-op used to be. Old churches, right? Yes. And you're not moving those. Yeah. The, those are on the National Historic <laughs> Registry. And, and Delg, you probably noticed it would take 10 acts of Congress to get to move one of those buildings. No, and I, it's just not, you, I don't think you want to either. And you don't. And so what happens is we can have as wide of, an, of a highway running north through Spring Hill up to 840, but if you still have that bottleneck right there, it's still going to create problems. And so they're going to try to figure out a work around that. Uh, Miles Johnson was one of the alternatives that they were talking about was looping it around a little bit to the east to try to find greater access. Therefore, you could come around Miles Johnson, hook on Kedron, get on Saturn Parkway, and zip over south of Spring Hill. 
Okay. So it, it may take a little bit of finagling there. And then the other project that we're working on is on Kedron Road. You see all the construction on the ramps there. Uh, that was something that Senator Hensley, myself, and, uh, and uh, Representative Butt worked on when she was up there. Uh, they're going to redo those ramps and they're going to put traffic lights there on Kedron, on the Kedron Road, Saturn Parkway interchange, like we did on Port Royal. Because without the traffic lights on Port Royal, you were taking your life in your hand every time you wanted to turn left or right on the Port Royal off of 84. Off of 840, now the Keaton Road interchange, they'll have the, the reworked ramps and they'll have traffic lights at the bottom to accommodate for how many people are trying to get on and off at Keaton Road right now. It's just, it's progress moving forward. No, that makes sense. I can remember seeing long lines of traffic at some of those spots uh, before the red lights were put in because they never really had an opportunity to get across the road because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of all the uh, high population that's gone. Uh, the other good news is at Columbia State, the grant, the $50 million grant that we were able, were able to secure for, for Columbia State for their new uh, uh, health sciences building. Right, right. That's uh, a big, big deal. I mean, you talk about filling the need for the medical profession here in especially in southern middle Tennessee, but across the state of Tennessee, Columbia State will become one of the one of the statewide providers for nurse nurse practitioners, uh, uh, tech, uh, tech uh, like phlebotomists and technical assistants in, in the medical fields. That building is huge for for Murray County. Uh, and, is and this enrolled. separate from? The the campus? No, the the TCAT involved building. The so you're going to have a partnership there too. So, okay, so so it's the same thing. It's, yeah, so it's, part it's of the building big. it's it's huge. It's huge. So part of the, it, it'll be the biggest building on campus. Yeah, yeah. Part of the building will be dedicated towards the TCATs, right? The the uh, career technical fields. Now that also includes some of the health sciences too. Right, but uh, uh, you're going to have the TCATs. Been what does TCAT stand for? Uh, the Tennessee Centers for Applied Technology. And the, there's one in Pulaski, one, one in Hohenwald, one in Hohenwald. Um, and so we are working. Columbia State is working with partnerships on them because one of the things we've done in education in K through 12, especially in high school, with the new funding formula, is high schools such as Columbia Central has a very good uh, TK, uh, uh, career technical program. Spring Hill and Mount Pleasant also have very good technical programs that if if they partner with a TCAT or a community college for these career technical programs or these dual enrollment programs, it, every grade level, a 100 level, like an entry level course, 200, 300, 400, that leads to a, a certificate or a credential by our high school students, we put in the new TISA funding formula from the state that they can receive bonuses for these schools. So a 100 level might pay the school an extra $1,000 for that student. 200 level would be more, 300 level would be more, and 400 level would be $5,000 per student. A school like Columbia Central, if they had every student engaged in a career technical program all four years leading to a credential, you could be looking at Central could be receiving upwards of two to three million extra from the state that they can use on whatever program, whatever they want to do. Hopefully they would use it for their career technical programs to make them better, buy more equipment, make them more efficient and develop those bonds with the community colleges and the TCAT centers. But we are we are very all in at the state level in education of making sure that you don't have to go to a four year college to be successful. This is all focused on a, a, a non college career path. That's correct, yes, okay. sir. Uh, we have electricians, uh, uh, welders, uh, you name it. These are high demand fields. We've got in in Murray County at Columbia State. We're working on a bill this year to get a sky. 
scholarship for it, the uh, line pole workers. Right. Climb right. telephone poles. Uh, they have something like a 98% job placement rate on on this program. They've got a waiting list of people to get into it because it costs about $4,700 to go through the program. But Tennessee Promise and Tennessee Reconnect do not qualify for it. So myself and Senator Hensley are running a bill that you could qualify for a state scholarship for that. Starting pay is roughly $71,000 a year. Wow. 18 years old, spend 10 weeks at Columbia State learning how to do the line, the, the line worker program, come out with a CDL and a certification making 18 years old $71,000 a year. Ms. Yor? Yeah, if you go out west, you can make over 100000 Absolutely. I, I, taught, mean, I taught many of the young uh, apprentice that were in uh, electrical field and climbing poles and doing the apprenticeship, so that that was my area. Uh, a lot of jobs, uh, and there's a turnover. People have to understand in the utility business, about every 15 or 20 years, there's a big turnover, and they're looking for employees. It, it, so if Mr. you hit it right, it, if it, you hit it right, you can get a job. You know, is it a good career? It's a great career. Okay. Well, as and Mr. York, and, and the thing is, you know, line the line training is an entrance uh, a, a thing that you do. But when you get into the line work, you can go to all other type of jobs that don't require climate. But that's an entrance requirement for most electrical utilities. They don't train. They don't do it like when I went in. The company trained me to climb poles. Now they don't do that. They want you to be prepared to do constru- line construction work when you come in as an apprentice. And there, that's where Columbia State and their line workers program fits in. And, and that's where we're trying to get the, the scholarships for those kids that want to take part of this so that they can get their, their school paid for, become this line worker, and then to have a career that can take off and really work anywhere in the country you want to work. But also, Scott, uh, that apprentice program for most utility companies is five years. But mm-hmm. once you finish the apprentice program and you get your journey lineman card, you can work anywhere in this country mm-hmm. uh, and, and be employed where they got to open it and make 100000 plus. Now, I'm a little confused here, though, folks. I mean, so let's say you uh, take the line workers course at Columbia State. Do you still have a five-year apprenticeship after that? Yeah, because that's that's only prep to get into an apprentice program for electrical utility company. Okay. I got so, you. So they got some might be four, but most of them about five years because mm-hmm. you go through all kind of additional training on circuitry, on wiring, on on, on all all kinds of electrical concepts. So that's just the beginning of your career. But once you get into that and pass that apprentice program, you can go into testing, you can go into other engineering, you can go into a whole lot of other different areas. That's a lot of doors opening up. All right. Now we know. Uh, and I guess if you're interested or have a young person who's interested, contact Columbia State, and they'll give you more information. Let's- hey, Scott, one question I got for you. What what did they do in terms of elementary education? Have, did they provide enough money for assistance at the uh, K through 3 level so that uh, – Teachers in kindergarten wouldn't have 25 students in their class. Well, let's take that York, I'll be happy to answer that when we come back from the break. How's that? Yeah, let's let's take a break. Park 
Parks Motor Sales is Middle Tennessee's home for the best GMC vehicles on the market. Visit Parks at 919 Nashville Highway and test drive truck favorites like the GMC Sierra or Canyon. Or try a popular SUV like the GMC Acadia or Terrain. Parks also has a wide variety of certified pre-owned vehicles for every need. At ParksMotorSales.com, you'll see an extensive inventory, their latest deals, and servicing options. Shop Parks Motor Sales once and you'll agree. Parks, GMC, we are professional grade. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now, you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Are you suffering from knee pain despite trying usual medications and injections? If this is you, I have great news. Most common causes of knee pain are degeneration due to aging, injury, or repeated stress. In our office, we offer decompression for the knee, which increases range of motion and decreases pain in arthritic and degenerative knees. Studies have shown that this type of mechanical traction can be more effective than conventional methods alone. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Three News with a View, Wednesday edition. I'm dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And a uh, friend of the station, regular guest, state representative, state representative Scott Specky. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. All right, Mr. York, ask your question one more time, please. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me say this just before I ask that question. Okay. A lot of people look at line utility work and think it's just for some dumb old lineman out there. <laughs> no. Those guys go through a, a lot of intensive training. No, I mean, I don't think that. Out there, uh, they, they have gone through a wealth of training. They've gone through a lot of safety uh, things. That's drilled in the head. And that is a dangerous job. You can't have slackers out there working in a line crew. It's Everybody's got to pull their own weight. A highly skilled, dangerous job. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But they can make if they if they're good and and they got good skills, they can make some good money and have a great career and a great retirement if they can make it safely through that retirement period. Mr. Yeah, M- M- Mr. York, I, Mr. York, real quick, just to piggyback on what you said, even CDL truck drivers right now in the state of Tennessee, uh, Pat Marsh is our speaker pro tem. In, in the House of Representatives up in Nashville, he owns Big G Trucking over in Murfreesboro, right? I t- had a conversation about this. You drive his trucks, you go haul the freight that he contracts for you to 100K a year. You don't for, the, own, for the driver. Just for the driver. Yeah. But you've got to be able to pass all the tests. You've got to be able to understand what, what TDOT has to do. You've got to be able to keep the logbooks. It's not just... You have to have the education, and that's where we go back, of making sure in K-12 that these kids are getting educated so they can choose the things that they want to do in life. So, Mr. York, go ahead and ask your question, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, you all did a lot of work in education, and I was wondering, has money been sent down to the districts to, to at least 
reduce class sizes at the one through uh, at the K through three level by having some uh, classroom assistance in those class because I know kindergarten teachers still got 25 students and no assistance in the classroom in Murray County. Yes, Mr. York, that was one of the reasons why we increased the funding with the new TISA funding formula across the state. All right, now TISA, what does TISA mean? Uh, Tennessee Investment in Student Achievement. Okay, and that's the formula that's by which formula. state funds are allocated to the public schools, that's areas, correct. public school districts. That's correct. And okay. so we came up with a new funding formula to address the individual needs so that every student wasn't treated the same. He had some with maybe some learning disabilities that needed more intervention or more help, or some districts were more rural in nature, that they they had more challenges than a normal that a district that didn't have the number of challenges. So we wanted to make sure that we funded them properly. Plus, we did not want to put any restrictions on what the schools can do on personnel, i.e., like Mr. York's talking about, what numbers of students they want to have in a classroom based off of their teachers. We wanted to make sure that they had enough money and flexibility that if they wanted to do the teacher's assistance, like Mr. York is talking about in early education, K-3, through they would have a funding mechanism from the state to be able to do that. And so the answer to your question, Mr. York, is the answer is yes. We have put more money in the funding formula in TISA per student to give those districts the flexibility that if they want to put more personnel in kindergarten or first grade to lower those, those classroom ratios where you're not having to have more classrooms, but instead of having 1 to 25, you might have a teacher and a certified assistant, so now it's 1 to 12 and a half. Which is what and that and that's going to help uh, help those students, those that are you know across that that spectrum mm-hmm. that that we're trying to help because I don't think you're going to do much good if you still got classroom sizes at that level at 25 students, you're still going to have a lot lot missing in in learning uh, in those pupils. That's correct, Mr. York. That's one of the things that I and I talked a little bit about this over the summer was in touring the summer schools, one of the things that the schools through the funding from the state for for summer school that we gave them more money than they needed for salaries and what we saw was they were splitting up some of that salary money to have two teachers in every third grade classroom. And those numbers weren't 25 kids. They might have been 15 or or 16 kids, but they had two actual teachers in the classroom. And that was one of the reasons why we were able to move the needle so much on these on these young kids is the direct intervention and and the real time help that these kids were getting in the classroom. And that's the model that we're looking at is, hey, if we're going to invest in the teacher's assistance, like Mr. York has said, let's invest in K through three. That's where we're going to get our most bang for the buck to make sure that these kids are on grade level by the time they leave third grade as the transition in education goes from reading to learn now are learning how to read to reading to learn and so that's that's one of the things but yeah mr york that's a that's a really 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 good good question yeah well i agree with you for one time on that <laughs> mr that york we agree of- more times than you think <laughs> It is a nice day today. There's a start. I give you a good feeling today. It's a nice day today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we are we are working on, uh, and this is 
you know, I can give you a little little what's coming up in the uh, next session. Sure. Uh, we are working on uh, the mathematics bill. So two years ago, uh, myself and others, we sponsored the, the literacy bill, going back to phonics, uh, uh, the new funding formula, uh, getting teachers trained on how to teach reading, uh, uh, making sure that we, we were getting our reading in the right position of where we wanted it in early education. So now we're seeing the numbers move. We, we've gone up in the state of Tennessee almost 10% in two years in reading, which we've looked across the country has never been duplicated in two years, never been duplicated. So we are at a, a point right now, and we hope with the interventions we put in there with third grade, with, with tutoring and with summer school and the interventions and the more money and the teacher's assistance, that we can see the needle move even more this coming third grade testing year next fall, next spring, that we could hit 45, 46% literacy rate, which is still not where we want it. But that would put us into the top 28 in the country in that statistical number. At 45%. Yeah. And so... Hey, Scott. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Well, what are we doing to, to encourage teachers to, to as a career? So one of the things we've talked about with the governor, and you know we just passed the bill raising the average starting pay, the base minimum pay for a teacher to $50,000. That'll be rolled out in in the fall of 26 no fall of 25 mr york so every teacher in the state of tennessee's minimum pay who comes out of school will have to be $50,000 we've looked at the numbers from um from the higher ed and job related fields that kind of I guess a flow together with what being a teacher would be. And we think the magic number is about $60,000, Mr. York. If we can get the starting pay for teachers at $60,000 with the quote unquote, the summer's off and Mike's probably going to nod his head here. The summer's off every eight weeks, having about a week off, right? Uh, and having probably one of the best pensions in the country. We think that we can attract more people into the teaching profession as long as we can get the issues that are that teachers are leaving the profession are for right now. The discipline issues, uh, the lack of respect, et cetera, et cetera. If we can get that all turned around and get it laser focused on the fundamentals and get that starting pay to where we think it needs to be somewhere around 60,000, we think that we will be that will be the model in the country on how you're going to turn education around. So how many students are going into majoring in education right now in Tennessee about? What do you what do you have as a number? Not enough, Mr. York. Not even close to enough. Not even close. So it, it's not going to even take care of the population that we have that's growing in Tennessee right now, right? No, sir. That's why one of the reasons we're doing is we're looking at alternatives uh, to incentivize more teachers from other states to move to Tennessee. Uh, we're looking at reciprocity agreements with licensure. So let's say a teacher from, I don't know, fill in the blank, Wisconsin, that wants to move to Tennessee, and they're a teacher, we are going to have a reciprocity agreement that their license will would be would be um, um, uh, legal or uh, valid in Tennessee, and therefore they could move here and not have to retake the praxis tests and all the certification tests, that they could be recruited by economic development. Like, like Mr. York, we do recruiting for General Motors and Ford and mm-hmm. batteries, right? We should be recruiting teachers from other parts of the country to come to Tennessee because even even if it's the same pay, there's no state income tax. So yeah, but it, we need to recruit, recruit nationally certified teachers now. I know you, oh, yeah. you're working. You're talking about you're gonna get people and then get them certified. 
if they're nationally certified, then they have all the course requirements. All they have to do is present their license and they get a Tennessee license. That's that's correct, Mr. York. And that's why we got to enter into those reciprocity agreements that if our teachers from Tennessee go to Wisconsin, their license is recognized. If a teacher from Wisconsin comes to Tennessee, their license is recognized. That's all it is. You've got to enter, enter all those agreements. Uh, yeah. Coach Mike Lyle, you're, you're a retired teacher over there on the board. You're looking like you got something to say here. Yeah, well, number one, all this stuff's coming about 10 years too late. So. Correct. But uh, <laughs> I've only been up there five years, Mike. <laughs> anyway, don't we have already have the reciprocity through the accreditation associations? We, uh, we Southern Association, North Central Association, all these things, because I remember having to go through when I, when I moved from Oklahoma and – in Alabama, I had to fill out a form that said that the schools where I got my accreditation and stuff like that were in Kate or North Central Association or Southern Association aligned. Uh, don't we already have that reciprocity? We, we do for the for the degree. Okay, but you know, like if you take if you want to be certified in early education, you have to take a test to certify yourself in early education. Mm-hmm. Those are not nationally normed; those are more, normally state tests. Okay, and so instead of a teacher, like if you're a teacher, you're licensed degree wise in Wisconsin. I mean, you got a degree from somewhere, but the we call them in Tennessee. It's called the Praxis. It's yeah. different names, but when you come to another state. To get your certification, you have to take that grade level specific test to show that. And so what we, what we're saying is no, you don't have to do that. If you're already a certified teacher in good standing teaching in Wisconsin and you want to come to Tennessee, we're not going to require you to take any other uh, certification tests. It'll just be you're in and you can teach. Yeah. Okay. That was. And I guess maybe it's because I had a master's degree when I came. You went all the way. Uh, so <laughs> I, I didn't have to take these tests Correct. coming in. Because, and Correct. I think it's because I had the master's degree coming in. Right. Uh, so it's it's the bachelor's level Correct. teachers that are having to take these retests and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it allows us to reach into fill-in-the-blank state and say, hey, you just graduated from the University of Chicago, right? And you, and you have a teaching degree. Come to Tennessee, and we won't make you take those other tests. And therefore, we can but increase Scott, our pool, Mr. York, and, and then therefore we can yeah. get this thing turned around quicker. Okay, and, and Scott, but, but Scott, as I understand, uh, going to Gramlin, our uh, people in education at Gramlin took, if I'm correct, they took a test. Anybody in education that graduated in education had to take a national certification test. Practice. If they passed that test. They graduated. If they didn't pass that test, they couldn't graduate, and that was for bachelors. I don't know about it. I know post-bachelor's, you could take the praxis that gives you the certification. For the yeah, there was, a, there was a test. Now, again, this was many, many moons ago when I when Single I room college. schoolhouse. Huh? Single room we're, schoolhouse. We weren't quite that bad. But, uh, yes, there was a national test that yeah. we had to take to get our certification. Uh, mm-hmm. I came out of Arkansas, out of Harding University at Arkansas, and we had to have a test. Uh, we would graduate. We could graduate with our credits, but we didn't get our license to mm-hmm. teach if we didn't pass this this particular mm-hmm. test. I, called, I, can't remember, I can't remember the acronym it went by at the it, time. It's called the Praxis, which stands for something, I guess, Clayton. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, Everything's an acronym in education. Gotcha. But, uh, Mr. York, you're right. I mean, it's 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 not only K through, it's not only early education and K through 12. It's the teacher prep colleges. It is a, it is a mass 
array of different issues that you have to try to solve so that that student going through the system is being taught by the best teachers we can find in the best classrooms with the best curriculum and textbooks. Scott, what do you think about that? some colleges, I heard this on the news the other day, are going to 90 hours to graduate in, in disciplines rather than 120. Well, that's, and that's three years instead of going for four years. I'll answer that question when we come back from the break. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Let's talk about antique versus vintage jewelry. Did you know antique jewelry is over 100 years old and vintage is 50 to 100 years? Tillis Jewelry, located downtown Columbia, has a wonderful collection from Georgian, Victorian, Edwardian, and Art Deco. We select every piece for their timeless beauty. Stop by and select your favorite piece. Jewelry to last a lifetime. Remember, Tillis Jewelry, your antique and vintage jewelry store. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. If you happy and you know it clap your hands if you're happy and you know it clap your hands if you're happy and you know it then your face will surely show it if you're happy and you know it clap your hands when you see the happy face on our truck you'll be smiling because you know that you're in luck when you fixed up and you know it healer solved it like you hoped it if you're happy and you know it shout it out Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At take five, your oil change is faster than you think. Take five, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Three dudes with a view, Wednesday edition. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. And our guest, regular guest, friend of this station, state representative Scott Specky. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. All right. Scott Specky, folks, is the just sort of catch everybody up, is the chair of the subcommittee on education in the Tennessee. Uh, house in the general assembly that is a uh a crossroads for which <laughs> all things education must go uh for any kind of change funding whatever uh it comes from the subcommittee on Ed- education and so representative specky is very involved in those issues and we've been talking about that sort of one of our more serious shows today uh where we are talking about what's going on in education or secondary education primarily in tennessee uh and miss york i believe you had a question for representative sebecki yeah um i've uh there's some universities that's looking at going to a 90 hour major and graduation uh requirement for universities uh and and can the 120 to 130 hours. I know I took 130-some hours uh, for a degree in biology and a minor in chemistry. 
And now universities are looking at going to a 90 hour specifically in the major, which would probably run kids uh, three years instead of four years, reduce the costs of, of them having to get an education. What about that initiative, Scott? Do you think that's something you all need to consider in Tennessee? Yeah, it's, I, I think it's things we need to look at, Mr. York, to to get the pipeline primed as quickly as possible. The thing that concerns us, and most people don't know this right now, in, in this, and these are some bad statistics, but I'm going to give them to you. Uh, in the state of Tennessee, our four-year institutions right now have a 28% graduation rate based off of six years' enrollment. I'll let that sink in for a second. A four-year degree that you and I took, Mr. York, 120 hours or so, should take you four years to complete. In the state of Tennessee, our four-year completion graduation rate is 28% based off of a student going to school for six years. Wow. Our community college graduation rate, which is two years to get an associate, is 58, 51% graduation rate based off of three years. Well, Tennessee Promise only pays for two. So I'm, I'm just taking a guess here, but the reason why that extra year and maybe the extra two years you're seeing at a four-year university is because of what, remedial? Remedial coursework. Coming out of high school? Remedial coursework. And so one of the things that we're going to be looking at, and somebody did bring this up to us as chairman of education, Mr. York, um, we, we could possibly do the 90 hours in specific degree form uh, formats that um, you would have to look at what you'd be sacrificing, what what you would not be required. You're talking 30 hours. You're talking a whole year of classes. So you're talking on average, what, seven to eight classes, Mr. York, that you would not be having to take. Yeah. Ten, ten but, classes. But Scott, yeah. the other thing is, you know, a lot of requirements for uh, students, when I was going to school, you had to take uh, physical fitness for two credits. You had to take badminton. And you had to take uh, humanities, mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with my concentration of biology and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I went in Navy school, radar school, it was six months of radar school. I didn't learn anything but radar techniques, electronics and stuff of that nature. So it was concentrated on what I was there for as a Navy person. So I think they can concentrate the curriculum on what a person's majoring in and get even a better performance when they graduate. And, of course, what we're talking about here is the possibility of a three-year bachelor's degree uh, as opposed to the traditional four-year degree. Yeah, Mr. York, I'm, I wouldn't be – I would not be I'm, – I'm not opposed to that. It's just we've got to see that the, the, the devil is always in the details on, on what's going to come out. Now, you're right. I mean, uh, I took aquatic conditioning because I had to take an elective, right? I swam for an hour every day. I get it, right? Maybe what they're talking about is taking away some of the electives and in and, and the general ed part of it and then more focused. It, we're going to have to look at this because whenever you're out front of something, you always got to be careful, especially when you're talking about education, because if somebody is, you know, what without creating kings in education of, well, it's an advantage if I take this degree, I can get out in three years. Are you, are you going to make sure that these people who are taking these three-year bachelor's degrees, are they going to get the same training as someone who went the four years? That's going to be the big debate that we're going to have to have. Does your, that, it, 
The you, coursework I'm needs sorry. to be extensive in that particular arena that they majoring in. It shouldn't mm-hmm. let up on that and give them even more like classroom management. They need to expand more classroom management and education for oh. students that's going to major in education. No, Mr. York, I, I do agree with you. We need to have more, like especially with teachers, we need to have them in the classrooms more learning what it is to be a teacher from a, from a really good teacher. we got we got to work through that. I think we just got to figure out what if, if you're going to do away and Clayton said possibly ten courses for a grad for a degree, what are you going to sacrifice? And, and so, are they going to have? Because you know as well as I do, Mister York, ninety ninety five percent of the kids that start their freshman year, they have really no idea what they're going to going to major in. That's why you have the general studies for two years to give them the ability to choose anything they want in college. Still, you also have those general ed courses, uh, especially your English courses and your math courses like that, for the colleges to teach what they want in their paper formats. You know, if you're going right. to do a major paper for for something, okay, this is you, you got you got to go through basic English to figure out how to write the paper the way the college wants it. And, 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 and that's they, where and that's where you know I spent a year. I I tested out of a of a semester of my first year still had to take a semester of those general ed courses before I was able to get into my major. And I think what they may be looking at is, is trimming, trimming off some of those general ed courses and, and, and stuff, but there's still that level. And, and some of it goes back to tradition where, you know, you got students in college way back when that were self-taught and they, they passed an entrance exam of some kind. And so now the college is going, okay, now we got to teach you how, to do a paper under a collegiate format as opposed to mm-hmm. what you learned, you know, on your own or at the high school. And, and I also, I think society has changed yes. somewhat too over the past 20, 20 years where maybe college life uh, isn't looked at as the way it used to be looked at 20 years ago. Like, I don't, I don't know if, you know, it, we, we have a, a, a student that works for us here at the station and I ask him like, what's going on in Murfreesboro? Cause you know, 20 years ago, that place was just party central. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, nothing's going on. Yeah. And so I, I think the the whole dynamic of college life on some campuses, you know, some places still have traditions and, and, and are still going to be a certain way. Uh, but, uh, I think overall, I don't know how much kids are really into thinking about. I'm going to go go to college for four years and going to have the best four years of my life. I don't. I don't know if that mindset's there. I think they I may be. Know. You, you, know, you know. But now, but, let, but let's, Scott, you hit on another problem that if a if a student's going to college and it takes them two years to figure out what they're doing or what they're going to do, what happened to the high school counseling? What happened to that part of the the program getting them ready to go to college? When I went to Grambling, I knew what I wanted to major in. I started off with major courses in that discipline. Well, that, I but, didn't take general education courses. In and fairness, I, got, so, I graduated in thirty six months. In fairness, Miss York, though, you had already served how many years in the Navy when you started Grambling? Yeah, four years. Yeah, you had grown up. You had matured but, but, big time. But I didn't. Yeah, well, I'm. You can say I'm, I'm matured. Yeah, but I, I knew what I wanted to You went in the Navy as a boy, in. and you came out a full grown man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I knew what I wanted to do when I went to Grambling. Why right. should a student go and take two years and waste two? Not waste, but take two years of Mandarin around on what they're going to do. They should have good counseling in high school. 
Yeah, well, but, Mr. York, uh, I went. I went twenty-two, twenty-three-year-old man who's done four years in the Navy is completely different person than a eighteen-year-old uh, kid right out of high school. Mr. York, I would, I would, I would argue with you that if all of our students would start college with the direction that you had going in, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. And and Scott, well, I didn't have any direction. I just matured as a person, as a man. Well, but, you, did you, know, get, you did get why direction. Why can't the counselors help those young people? There are some 18-year-olds that, that was probably is very mature, and they know what they're going to do. A you know, lot of them. But a lot of them don't get counseling either. The, uh, the only thing that's going to get an 18-year-old boy to grow up is time. Right. And uh, hopefully it's a good experience like or, you had in the Or Navy. a drill instructor. Yeah, in the <laughs> Navy. Or, or a drill know, instructor. Or a job. or, or Mr. York, you know when you something. showed up to the Navy and you met your drill instructor, life changed for you. I said, all you know what? <laughs> and <laughs> Me so, and my classmate, uh, we went in on a buddy system. And when we got off that bus in San Diego, we say, all Shucks. Yes. <laughs> Welcome now, to life. I've got a couple of questions, though, Scott. First of all, your subcommittee on education, is that in, in, do you have purview over higher education as well? Well, no. I, I have uh, higher ed is when I go to full committee. Okay. Yeah, you, you're, you're limited on the number of committees you can serve on. And so my main focus is uh, K through 12. That's the subcommittee. Correct. Where you chair. But I, I serve on both full committees that one deals with K-12, one deals with administration and higher ed. Okay. And is there – so what we've been talking about here the last little while is a conversation I had not heard before, the possibility of a three-year bachelor's degree with 90 hours as opposed to the traditional bachelor's degree with 120 hours. Is that issue being seriously discussed in Tennessee right now? Well, it's, it's being discussed. I mean, we are always looking for – good options uh you know we're trying to gather the data from states that have that have looked at this or have or have gone to this and trying to see if their success rate right okay. the, the name of the game is if you're going to come out being an architect you know how to be an architect right you know or an engineer or fill in the blank or you know electrician whatever it is the one thing i do want to say is this about the career technical fields we have about a 94 percent graduation rate at our tcat centers well, oh wow let that sink in yeah that's big. 94%. And that's that's the key is th- what they're doing at the T. It's a different kind of education because it's more hands-on, right? But what they're doing there, the kids that are showing up to our TCAT centers are engaged, are motivated. And I think the almighty dollar is the motivational factor is because they can come out making a lot of money. There you go. But aren't those kids mature at 18? Uh, I, I do think so, Mr. York. I think there's a good. Okay, so I, I think that's, the that's same an oxymoron, kind of Mr. York. Going to college too, right? Well, so what's the difference? It might be a little bit of a different kind of student going to our our colleges and universities as opposed to our TCAT centers. Um, but the motivation. But, but I agree with you. I, I mean, I think that's one of the things we need to look at is is our our school counselors. So, all right, I want to go circle back real quick. We're, we're getting out of here. So, fall of twenty five. Minimum teacher salary in Tennessee goes up to fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollars, and that's going to move everybody. If you're ten, fifteen, move you all up. People, they move you all up. They go up proportionally yes. as well. Yeah. All right. And but you say your studies indicate that at least in today's dollars, and that's a, that's an operative word. Today's dollars is going to take sixty thousand. We think that's the that's the shift. That's the major shift right there. That they could.